Hey, Math and Other Things listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Math and Other Things. I'm your host, Courtney Flessner, and I'm absolutely delighted that two teachers I've known for many years, Kalisha Hoffman and Courtney Coppinger, are here today. I met Kalisha in 2008 when we were both founding teachers at a new charter school in downtown Indianapolis. We spent a week together in Cambridge, Massachusetts, attending Harvard's Project Zero Summer Conference, and she did an amazing job listening to me babble about all the things and asking all the questions for a week. She's a 2006 graduate of Butler University, has a master's in reading from Ball State, and over the course of her 17 years in education has taught grades pre-K to 2, worked as a learning specialist, and is truly a learner alongside her students. The best part about Kalisha is she's willing to try almost anything, adapting what she learns in professional development settings to meet the needs of her style of teaching and her students. She also introduced me to Courtney Coppinger years ago when Courtney started attending PD sessions Ryan and I were doing. Courtney's also a 2006 graduate of Butler University and received her master's degree from Butler as well in its effective teacher leadership program. Courtney's taught first grade for 17 years in two different schools and also continues to learn right alongside her students. Walking into their classrooms is pure joy. The way they interact with their students, the way they plan to meet the needs of every single child, the way they believe that all children can learn, and honestly, the way they truly find the good in teaching is an incredible inspiration. The math in this episode is ways to set up your classroom to make math tools available at all times, documenting student work and thinking in math notebooks, the power of talking about the math in your classroom, creating tasks with multiple entry points, and so much more. The other things in this episode are the intentionality of the language we use, the power of positioning yourself as a learner, making the child's voice the most important voice in the classroom, and the fact that if you're never totally sure of the perfect way to do something, that's just fine. You're going to figure it out. Thank you for listening and enjoy this super fun episode. There's a lot of laughs with Courtney and Kalisha. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Kalisha. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for that great introduction. Yes, it's the introduction. It's all about the introduction. You hooked us. I think this is my second episode. I really don't know what anything it's all about. So we'll just take it from there. Um, (laughs) So one of the really, I've actually had a chance to spend a lot of time in both of your classrooms. And so I can't wait to talk about that. But what I really want to do is always start off with everybody's math autobiography and find out what's your math story. So who wants to start us off? I'll go first. Okay, Courtney, you start us off. Um, So I I don't think I ever realized how much I loved math until maybe I met you and then I was talking about math more and I'm like, man, I I might be a math nerd, which is okay. But when I was trying to think back about math and when I was a kid I don't remember math ever being difficult I remember liking it so I must have been good at it in quotes yeah, yeah. um but I do remember I was also very into art and yeah. I remember a moment where we got to learn how to take a coloring book page and make a grid on it with like one inch scales and then we got these huge poster board and got to make the same grid but two inch you know, um, squares. And then we got to trade, like figure out what lines went. And my little coloring book page became this huge poster (laughs) 
<laughs> I, you know, I never felt like I could draw. So it was like, wow, I drew this, but then also got bigger. It was just, I don't even remember what grade I was in. I'm I was sure just it, was, ask. it was definitely elementary school. Um, that was the first time I was like, oh, like, I don't think I knew it was math, but I now realize like, oh, I liked the math of it. Like I liked the art, but I definitely liked the mathematical part um, of just like those two scales and making something larger. So I definitely enjoyed that, like taking a little drawing and making a different scale of it. Kind of funny. Um, And then I just did math because I like was such a rule follower. I thought like, this is what I have to do. I'm just doing math. I'm just signing up for high school math. I'm good at it. So I'm in this now I'm in geometry. Now I'm in trigonometry. And when I got to calculus, I was, um, I think crying at some point and somebody told me like a friend was like, you don't have to take math all four years. You already have all your math credits to graduate. And I was like, Oh, and I dropped it. I immediately dropped it. Um, But that was like so difficult for me because I was just always like, how do I quit the club? You know? So, um, that was a moment where I'm like, I don't need to just do math just to do it, you know? Um, so I had like this mixed, like I'm doing math because I have to, it's not hard, it's fun. And then also like, there's this cool part of it. I was, I definitely loved geometry and um, all of that. And then teaching math is all different. Now I just like watching little brains, like think about numbers, very specifically about numbers. So that's cool. That's kind of my gist of math, I guess. So when you first started teaching, you were teaching first grade, right? You've, you've always taught first grade. What, what is 16 Mm -hmm. years? And so do you remember like what that was like when you were first starting with those little minds to try to get them to like, like the first couple of years of teaching? Not really. I think I was probably just teaching what was told and doing like the oh you know your plus ones you get a scoop on the ice cream chart <laughs> I mean I was just like I'm yeah here I'm just doing this sure. um but I definitely I think probably year five or six which would have been after we met you and we did more problem solving and more of like I specifically remember a class that was just so math smart and they we did the problem we were like okay well these are the dimensions of your room and now if you put a two-foot poster touching all along the line the whole how many posts did you fit and they were like in I mean and we would sit in a circle (laughs) doing math writing the steps we were taking it seemed like forever looking back on it, I'm like, I can't believe they stuck with it that long. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, maybe they, they were not like me. Yeah. They had total buy-in. They yeah, were it, was totally fun. it was fun. Klisha, what about you? What's your, what's your math autobiography? Uh, well, it is not like Courtney's at all. <laughs> um, and I know I, you know, we've chatted about this. Mine was quite the opposite. Um, I don't remember math early on until about third grade when multiplication facts started and those did not come easy to me. I could not memorize them, but I also didn't know any other strategies. And um, so I just remember hours of just like practicing flashcards at home and at school, taking our time tests and just never being successful with that. And school 
had always been successful up until that point, or I had been successful at that point. So that was kind of a turning point for me that I just was like, well, I don't know math. I'm not a math person. I don't like math. I was not signing up for extra math classes. It was like, what do I have (laughs) Have to to do do so I can be done with math? Um, And so that's just kind of what I remember up until, and, you know, there were times when like, yes, I could figure it out and I could figure out the procedures and the rules, but it never, I never fully understood math. I just kind of was doing it because that's, you were told to. Well, yeah, Yeah. to me. And so, so that has been my journey. And even like beginning of teaching, thinking about teaching math, it was always the time of day that I just was like, oh, here's math. I'm not sure what we're doing. And and in the beginning, you know, it was um, K-1 and a, more first grade math at that point, and then kind of switching. And once I started to really work with you and kind of figure it out, and then just figuring out other ways that I could teach math is when then I started, I guess, to view myself as a math person again. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I should clarify there was a boy in the calculus <laughs> class that I had a crush on that I was trying to impress. But we oh did hang out after school with the one of the math teachers and like we would do math. You know, we I were guess. all math nerds, I guess. <laughs> That's like a story Sriana of a movie. Like, yeah. like isn't, isn't that yeah. what happens in Mean Girls? And and one of those boys, one of those guys is teaching math at my old high school. So, you know, he just he just went with it. Okay. I love that. So I think what's really cool about both your stories is that even though like, you know, Courtney, you didn't necessarily, or or you connected with math or like, it wasn't something that stressed you out. And Kalisha, it is something that stressed, you know, made you tense. You're sort of in very similar situations right now where you're teaching, you know, our youngest thinkers, you know, and you get them in those, those very important years of helping them see themselves as math people. So one of the absolute cool things I I told Courtney and Klisha before this, I was like, I could have you on this show and we could talk about 45 different things because there's so many different, you know, um, uh, just strategies for teaching that you both use in your classroom to get your kids to connect with the math. And, um, But the biggest thing, like here we are at the start of the year. So you've been in school for a few weeks and you've really worked to sort of create this culture of of math and mathematicians and what do mathematicians do and what materials do we use and how do we, you know, how do we work with each other during math class? And like, it is absolutely fascinating walking into both of your classrooms. And I'm not just saying that, like I walk out and I'm like, wow, (laughs) everyone needs to go in there. And, and it's not even, it's not that there's things like everything's organized so well, and you have such a positive attitude about the math that you're doing and whatever, but it's also just the way you are with your kids. Like the expectation is we're going to do math in here and everyone's going to be successful and it's totally going to work. And my job is to show you that and make that happen. So I wanted to talk, you know, mostly in, you know, today about like what you do to establish that culture so that, you know, at the end of the year or, you know, even at the end of the quarter, your kids are saying, Hey, I I love math. 
math is the place that I want to be. I love, I love that time of day <laughs> and maybe it's not all of them, but, um, it's not something that they, they, uh, don't look forward to. So can you just talk a little bit about what you do to es- establish that culture of math in your classroom? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it has definitely evolved and changed over the years, um, with bits and pieces, but, Some of the things you were talking about, I know um, just thinking through some of the professional developments with you or um, with Ryan or just other people, um, starting that year the same way, I think with like readers and writers workshop, how I used to be very intentional with that and thinking through like, okay, what does it look like? What do we do as a reader? What do we do as a writer? And, And setting it up and then for a while for math, it would just be like, okay, here's math. Let's just jump right in. Um, And so really taking that time at the beginning of the year to um, explore our materials, because um, for me, like materials are always available. So from the beginning, I want to set that expectation and we understand what the tools are for math and we understand, you know, how we use them or what we could do with them and, you know, constantly checking in with that. Um, And then also just getting them to realize in the beginning that math is, it's always interesting. I always start by saying like, well, what what is math? math? And like, where do we see math? And it's always just like numbers, Mm -hmm. adding. And then um, we'll kind of start to just show some pictures to kind of start as an invitation. And they're like, wait, that's math too? Mm -hmm. Or they'll be like, oh yeah. And so just starting to just open their eyes that math isn't just numbers it's not just adding and subtracting or you know especially for primary um and just getting them to view math um, in different ways Mm -hmm. I think kind of helps in the beginning to hook them in instead of just like jumping right in and Mm -hmm. launching with whatever you know the first unit is right like place value or plus one or whatever So I'm going to, I'm going to moderately put you on the spot, but I love what you said about that invitation of noticing the math, right? So like with my undergrads, I always showed, um, an okay, go video. Um, I won't let you down, you know, I'll have to like tag it in the show notes because I, it is the best video. Maybe I've even shown it in a PD with you, with you, but I always start with something like that to be like, okay, where's the math here? You know, like find it, but you know, and, and it's amazing the different stuff that people come up with where they're not, where they're like, I I don't know. I've never asked anyone in the room, have you ever watched a music video and looked for the math in it? But I imagine not that many people do. And so when they're using that lens, all of a sudden these totally new ideas come to life. So can you like, can you think of like something that you've shown your, your first graders to, to engage them in that way? Yeah. I mean, I think this year, um, we kind of launched with just some photographs and one was like a picture of a lunchbox and just different yeah. foods that were in it. Just trying to think too, like, what are they going to know and what are, and, and engage with that, um, they see in their everyday lives that they maybe haven't thought, oh, there's math here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one was like a picture from actually a Walmart, cause mm-hmm. there's a Walmart that's right by our school. Yeah. And so just looking at, okay, well, what math do we see in here? Mm-hmm. And of course it was like money and the mm-hmm. shapes or, oh, how we could see how many people mm-hmm. or just, um, there was a, sorting, bro, there were yeah. cans on the, and somebody said, you can count how many cans. And then we were like, but looks like there's a row of cans behind it too. And then there was this whole conversation of like, 
oh, so is it two rows of eight or whatever? And oh, now it's also all these stacks. So it was that mm-hmm. it was fun. Those mm-hmm. pictures were fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then just some things from nature. So yeah. So yeah. whatever they're connected with just or what I think they might be. Right. Yeah. But Courtney, even just the way you just described that where you're like, Hmm, it looks like there might be like, yeah. that's one of those like tiny little moves that you make as teachers yeah. where it'd be really easy to be like, there's another row of cans. What does that <laughs> do to the picture? But Come on, it comes this, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it looks yeah. like there's another row. Like, what does that mean when we're trying I know, to figure when I started out- thinking of culture? I was like, I don't know how to say this other than like, I play dumb a lot. I just play dumb. I'm like, oh, how did you know that? Like, I didn't know that. And I did, you know, like I think if my own kid was in my class, he'd be like, yeah, you did. But (laughs) you kind of like think to yourself, I'm going to pretend like I didn't know this, that they came up with it. It's like, then they feel they're like, yeah, oh yeah, there is another row. You can see it, you know? And then they're like, yeah, but that's the beautiful thing. What you just said to me is the beautiful thing that you're being like, it kind of looks like, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me point that out to you, Mrs. Coppinger. Like this is a whole thing. Like that's what we want them doing in math class. Right. And so, and, and, you know, obviously you're facilitating that by asking that question, but you're not just like pointing out all the things you want them to see. Right. I love that. Yeah. And I think that would be, and I'll let you maybe talk a little bit more too, but to go on off of that too, just like giving them that opportunity to think and talk Uh from the beginning and also setting it up kind of as like a safe, safe way to build on that because we want them thinking and talking all year. And so just, and, and honoring their thinking and -hmm. and celebrating it hooks them, I think from the beginning to Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, I can share my thinking and it's, yeah, it's okay. The math notebooks and like mm-hmm. representing a number each day is, I've been really bad at it this year because we have a new math curriculum and I'm trying to get a movement break in before we all sit down and do some math and then work in partners. But it's, um, my plan is to work it in more because last year that was like my kid's favorite part of the day because yeah. Okay, today's number is 151. Let's see if you can represent it, which 151 is my four-year-old's favorite number right now. Oh, yeah. He tried to tell. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, you know, you've got the kids who are doing the 100 plus 51. Oh, good. And then um, open number lines, 100, and then a 50 jump, and then a one jump. And then there's the kids who are like, um, well, it could also be 253 minus 102. <laughs> you know, like they're like really. That's when you're to... like, wait, is that? <laughs> I, and then I am actually dumb. I'm like not playing dumb. I'm like, hang on. And then I'm like, it's my strategy. Let me count. I sometimes use my fingers, guys. Um, but, and then you've, I've, you've always got the kid. Last year I had this kid who every day he wanted to draw a sun with that many rays coming out. And I was like, oh boy but um we would have some days where we would all sit and work and just talk and then some days where it would be like I would just start passing out whiteboard markers and they could go up and start putting somewhere on the board find a space to put your your math and if it looked like someone else's that's fine you know and I would occasionally take pictures and send to her and be like this is what the second graders are going to do next year (laughs) surprise yeah Um, (laughs) but yeah like just 
that that notebooking is fun because it's theirs and when it's open-ended yes and they look back at like the day before Mm -hmm. and then they also try to like be creative Uh and come up with things and I'm like I mean I guess yeah that works you know like I'm not gonna tell you it's wrong um but you know sometimes they're they're just trying to be so different Mm -hmm. you know or um it, it it's just fun. If I recall, and totally correct me if I'm wrong, you would give that number of the day, but then I think you were also introducing materials that way. Maybe, yeah. And Early so it would on, be like, yeah. you know, you would like introduce the Unifix cubes and they all yeah. have like a tub. Yeah. And they have like, you know, two sets of 10 Unifix cubes in the tub. And then they were charged with going back and showing the number of the day with the cubes first and then doing other things. Yes. Yeah. Really heavy on the manipulatives early on. And then some kids just naturally don't need it. And some kids, I kind of have to take it away sometimes because it's just play, you know, and I'm like, remember, these are tools, not toys. Um, But yeah, it is in the beginning, it's more moving things around yeah and I and I feel like they would be like really excited you know to get the thing like I'm going to draw the 10 with the unifix cubes and they would like you know be really specific but then they were also really excited to be like what did we do yesterday and how can I show today's number using the material that we had yesterday so right at the beginning of the year, you have these six and seven year olds (laughs) who are working independently using a manipulative doing it concrete, drawing it in their book, know to look back to see other things. And that's Mm -hmm. all happening on like the third day of school, right? You know, (laughs) you know, or, or the fourth day or the fifth day. And so, you know, and I, I feel like that is one of the big pieces is that teachers get so nervous about introducing things too soon or not having like, you know, the, the, the rules in, in place yet. But I know Klisha, one thing that you put so much emphasis on at the beginning of the year are just the routines and procedures. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we get out the notebooks, there's something we do with them. And when we get out the tubs with the materials, there's something we do with them. So can, do you, can you talk just a little bit about how you establish those procedures? Yeah. So I would say with materials, kind of in that launch, we definitely have a, a couple of days that we explore them. And for me, um, and I was in second grade last year and just even first, second grade thinking about that, but just really thinking, okay, when have you used this material? Have you, and what could we use it for? And then um, kind of giving them a purpose to um, use those materials. Um, so if it's, especially with dice after that, then we try to incorporate an easy game to um, have them do that and use it. And then also I've tried different ways with materials, but I have them out. So they have access to them at all times. Um, And I've had different, right now I have a shelf. So they have a tub with, and they're labeled and, and we talk about how that's available to anyone. And then this year, they also have um, kind of their own little math toolkit just to, to kind of get them started. But if they need more, it's there and it's out and it's available. And it's not a ask me for permission to use it or, you know, we only use cubes when the lesson says we use cubes. Yeah. And you can't use cubes today you or you have to use the Unifix cubes. And so it's just 
they're just there. And mm-hmm. as long as you're using those intentionally and, and they're helping you, then, then it's okay. Yeah, um, right. and so just kind of from the <clears throat> beginning, when we talk about, and when we're introducing them and we're talking about how we've used them and how we might use them, um, just really setting that up that yeah. we're here. And, and she has such a good lesson about organization, like, mm-hmm. and how you can organize your own math work, which I was never good at. And this year I did that lesson. And I mean, they just feel so much better when they can go back and count what they've drawn, you know, and like, like this is, there are lines in this notebook. So use the lines, you know, and then it was hilarious because today we were doing this thing where they had to watch a video and count how many signs and bridges there were. And I'm like, you can use whatever tools you want. And some kids like just counted and some kids got whiteboards and some kids were like, I'm just going to count in my head. And one of our coworkers was like, I had kids who got cubes out. We were like, this was awesome. Yeah. Yes. And then we had to talk about, yeah, we were talking about tally marks then. And we got popsicle sticks. This was the curriculum from the book told us like, get popsicle sticks, have a big chart. And then, so I'm like, okay, so there were nine bridges in the video. So who can put nine popsicle sticks? And some kid just counted nine and then he just plopped them on the chart. <laughs> This girl next to me, who's like one of the youngest girls in the class, but she's so mature. And she was just like, like giving it like the side eye. And we started touching them. And I said, oh, do you feel like you need to fix them? And she's like, I can't, they're not straight. And I was like, oh yeah, it's hard for me to count that there's nine. And there was a line on the grid and she lined up these popsicle sticks and they were touching each line. They weren't in tally mark formation yet, but I was like, wow, it is so much easier for me to count that. It just was so funny how it was like that. I, and I think it's because we had taught I'm talking about it or, and even our math objective said, mm-hmm mathematicians um I don't even remember the words you know <laughs> like track or no how did they organize data you know so it was the words are just really important you know yes. when you teach them what those words mean mm-hmm. then they know how to do it sure. and I don't I don't even I think my math changed when I learned the word mathematicians <laughs> because wow. I always said readers and writers. And then I never had that word. And I think it might've been Robin Lawrence who taught it to me or one of you guys, but like calling them a mathematician is just, there's a name for it. Like that's what you're doing, you know? And when we read our objective, I always read it and I say, okay, mathematicians, that's you, you know, like do like a big point. Yeah. Um, In case you forgot, what you can't, we are. Yeah. The worst part about a podcast, you know, unless it's live, yeah, is that you can't, it's so hard to be able to like show the listeners, however many there might be out there, that when Courtney's like, hey, mathematicians, that is you. I know. Double point, double point. But it was like, that was eye opening to me where I'm like, oh, we can call them mathematicians. I didn't even know that was a word. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Um, the other thing that I heard from both of you was just the, the concept of intentionality that, yeah, yeah, they're exploring the materials, but in the end, there's something that you show them like what to use it for or how it connects to a specific concept that you want to be teaching that day or 
you know, once you do it, you know, on your table, you can transfer your thinking to your notebook. Like there's a purpose. And so even though there's sort of that notion of inquiry, there's still intentionality and purpose to sort of literally every move that you're making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's so many good things. Like the juggling act. Yeah. Well, I was going to say too, I just thought of two, like showing them to that different materials, we can choose whichever ones we want, but they're going to get the same answer. And how did that help you? And then I think eventually we start to talk about like which ones are more efficient Mm -hmm. um and kind of getting them to think about that because obviously at the end of the year I may not want you to be using I mean you still could be you know counting cubes by ones or intent but just being more efficient with it but you could use this material and I can use this material we're still gonna but it's it's okay Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah And learning from each other, how that material helped you. And maybe now I want to try your strategy. So mm-hmm. I'm going to check in with you and kind of making kids be the experts and not just yes. me saying, oh, well, this is how Courtney solved it. Right. No, go ask Courtney and let, right. let her. Kind well, of and you. letting them say when it didn't work, because mm-hmm. that was part of our lesson today from our new curriculum. And it said, you know, ask them something about how did you feel when you were t- putting mm-hmm. marks on a notebook Keeping and try, track, yeah. trying to watch and count the signs in the video and I it says like in the book it, they'll probably say that it was hard to keep track because they had to look down and I was like nobody's gonna say that and I kid you not the first thing <laughs> was like I could hardly keep track of it because it was going so fast and I was looking down and I'm like yeah, yeah you're they right. said you were gonna say that yeah but like that was a good idea but then we were like oh the whiteboard was really hard maybe we should have been watching it and counting on our hand you know so like that conversation of I tried this and it well you know yeah it was all right yeah <laughs> well you know I don't Klisha I I don't know if you heard yourself say this earlier but you said I've done a lot of different things over the years you know, yeah. to figure out what is going to work best. And this year I'm doing, you know, and I think that because you have positioned yourself as a learner that doesn't have it all figured out in the perfect way yet, it helps yourself position your students in that same way as well, so that they can really embrace that notion. And I think that, I think that that is one of the most sort of like beautiful things about teaching that, you know, it's, it can be really like cliche to say, oh yes, I am a lifelong learner, but then it becomes like, so what are you doing? Like, show me what that means, you know? And so it's the tiniest little thing, like saying, I've tried all these things this year, I'm trying this. And then, you know, next year at the end of the, or at the end of this year, you'll be like, what worked? And you might think this worked this year, but that worked two years ago. <laughs> How can yeah. I combine those things, you know? Yeah. And, and that's- so we always talk about math and like, how are you doing this? And then I feel like we've both said my math block is different every year. Yeah. Like yeah. it never looks exactly the same ever. No. I mean, there's the same components, but it's like, mm, I'm at, this class needs a little more movement. So we're going to do it this way. <laughs> yes. or, yeah. You know, this class likes to explain their thinking. So we're going to write it out. Like, Yeah. And I love that because that's, I find myself saying that a lot, like you're going to read this in your textbook or you're going to read this here, but like, remember 
everybody, everybody's class is different. Your class is going to be different every year. Your style of teaching is different from your neighbors. So you have to make changes that work best in that situation. And sometimes that changes because, you know, you're driving to school in the morning and you're like, I just don't know if that's going to work today. (laughs) So you make a change, you know, and like, and that's okay <laughs> because, you know, your students understand the notion of flexibility as well, mm-hmm. which pays off in many ways with, you know, just engagement and classroom management, I think. I don't know. Yeah. So, oh gosh. Okay. So next time you come on, we're going to talk about connecting reading and writing to math. Oh, wow. We're going to talk more about organization. I'll send you outlines. No, I'm just kidding. But okay. So, um, and, and many other things, but one thing that I want to do at the end of, um, our time together is sort of a, a couple of things. First, what is like, what is a baby step? You have a teacher listening and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. I could never do that in my classroom. So what's a baby step? Do you, do you think that teachers and educators can make that will be the most impactful in their classroom? Well, I would say for teachers personally, I would say to, you know, like take it slow and just like choose one thing to start with. And I mean, I know I said it already, not intentionally, but how I have changed through the years. So it doesn't all just like come together right away. even. I'm still learning things. So I would say just kind of thinking about that. Um, and then I guess if you could start with one thing, maybe I would say like students being able to share their thinking mm-hmm. or to talk about math would probably be yeah. like something simple and easy where you could just start to weave that in. And that's not anything that's, um, yeah, you know, you don't have to buy anything or do anything, just... <laughs> No planning. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I I think it's trying, making sure you let them speak like the kids. Mm -hmm. Because I've had so many years where I'm like, I did all the talking, like Mm -hmm. all the talking. Yeah. It's an interesting sort of like measurement tool. I know that's one thing that happened in my own classroom when I was making changes was like, oh my gosh, the only person that's talking right now is me and there's no way they're interested anymore. You know, know. so I, I think it's awesome that you're both bringing that up, but that also ties in so nice to that culture. Like, do you want your math classroom to be 60 minutes of everybody sitting silently doing nothing? Like, is that really going to help them feel successful in math and empower them to think critically? Like, it's just not. And so the, anything that you can do to, you know, increase that, mm-hmm. that, you know, math talk and talk to each other and, you know, ask them, give them something to talk about is... Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take any planning, but you be, you know, so ma- that's, that's really hard for some people. It's hard for me it's, still. Yeah. Cause I'm like, they all want to turn. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we had some cubes under a document camera the other day and I was like, we're going to need a lot of helpers and they're having to go up and organize and sort. And I, I just love math so much. <laughs> like I would, I found myself where I'm like, oh, okay, let's look at what Chloe did. And then I'm explaining what Chloe did. Now, Chloe felt like she got a turn, but then I just took over. And I I still, I did that this week. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to like, just 
Right. I'm like, oh, yeah. I see it as square. Let them say it. You yeah. know, I just, and I think I get so nervous for some of them because they like just freeze and they don't know. And so I just have to be better about prompting questions and mm-hmm. like, let them show their work, let them talk. <laughs> it's hard to do, but yeah. they do listen to each other more than Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it, it's so cool that you're sort of acknowledging this notion of like reflective yeah. practice where you realize I'm the only one talking right now. I have to stop, you know, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you got really excited and you want Chloe to feel yeah. comfortable and happy and, and noticed, you know, yeah. <laughs> and so yes. um, we have to check ourselves. Yeah. Know? And that, and that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, this has been totally awesome. I cannot thank you enough for your time. We're, uh, you know, nobody knows this, but we're recording at night and you guys <laughs> have to get up early to go to school tomorrow. So I am just really, really appreciative. I really hope you'll come back. Um, let's see, mm-hmm. Courtney, I, are you on social media in like a professional way? No, not really. No. No. Okay. But soon you'll be starting your art and math sure. yep, combo. persona. So I'll make sure everybody stays aware of that. Um, <laughs> Kalisha, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, I am, I am on Twitter, um, under it's Kalisha underscore Hoffman. And then Instagram is Kalisha underscore Hoffman underscore teach. Mm, so you don't know that one. Oh yeah. That's a secret that one. one. Yeah. You can uh, <laughs> follow that one. Yeah. And that so. might've been really hard for Kalisha to share, but I have been nagging uh, Kalisha for a long, long time yeah. that she's got great, great things to share and she should just put herself out there. So thank you for I doing that, Kalisha. <laughs> did that this year. I didn't aim at keeping up with Kalisha. Oh my gosh, you should have. I thought about it, but <laughs> That's really funny. All right. Well, thank you both so, so much. And um, I'll look forward to having you back. Yes. Thank All you. Right. <laughs> so there you have it. Courtney and Kalisha are perfect examples of why I wanted to do math and other things. They're a wealth of information and it's impossible to not think teaching is like the greatest, most fun thing to do when you're done spending time with them. I'm so grateful to know them and that they let me continue to learn from them. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at Math and Others and Instagram at at Math and Other Things. Episode 3 is coming up soon with another amazing educator that will inspire you just as much as Courtney and Kalisha. To all the educators out there, thank you for all that you do on a regular basis and cheers to you all.